boy, everybody, that's um, that was rough. That was that wasn't great. Uh, I know the final score wasn't too bad, six four. It was, it was still rough though. There's there's no two ways about it. Um, cracking down now for the first time in the series, two one. Uh, that's all right though. I mean, look, Kraken are still playing hard. These are close games. You look at most of the other series around the league. We've seen big blowouts in a lot of those. People have talked about that on the Discord during this one. And I agree with that. The Kraken are finding ways of hanging in there. I mean, the, the to get those two goals 19 seconds apart there in the second period, get back in the game. I mean, that was a chance for Colorado to really kind of pull away. It's up 3-1 at that point. Um, I thought, you know, great job by Jamie Lexiak stepping up. Fantastic. So happy for Matty Beniers getting his first ever playoff goal. I think that's a huge, huge deal. I'm so, so happy for him. Um, there's still there's still reasons for optimism in all of this. However, the weaknesses of the Kraken that we've been talking about all year are really starting to show. They're really starting to impact this this series they're really starting to cost this team and you know it's one of those things where there was a lot of time to address it they've tried to address some of these issues some of it is just you know it's where the roster is at at the moment or it's what the team's overall structure is whatever it is but not being able to clear the zone not being able to score on the power play and not being able to win face-offs are becoming the difference in this series. And those have been the the issues, and those were the difference for the Kraken all year long. So many post games uh, spent talking about that this season. I mean, it's just a lot. So, um, it, I mean, I see all the stuff talking about the power play in here. With the exception of that, that Schwartz goal late there, Kraken were 0-10 in the series. They're now 1-11 for 11 in the series on the power play. That's bad. That's really bad. It's under 10%. It's really rough. I We knew the power play was rough, but this is really, really struggling uh, to get anything going. They're really struggling. It's it's greatly impacting what they're able to do in these games. And it's making the difference in 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 the series is the bottom line because you got to think if they had been able to score on one of those earlier power plays in this one when, the, you know, when they had five of them before that last one any of those helps a ton and and could have been the difference for for the game tonight. So, I think power plays the the thing they got to do did a little bit better on the faceoffs, um not in as far as winning them, but at least as far as mitigating damage done by the Avs winning faceoffs. Uh that being said, Kale McCarr still got a goal off of one. So, they still got five of those. That's still rough. Kraken need to find a way of addressing it. I thought the Kraken did a good job starting off in the first period. Um kind of handling the uh, the the speed of the avalanche and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, I thought that was really good. I thought that there was some some definite positive moments. Justin uh, Schultz has been incredible this series. Great, you know, early goal there. Uh, to, or Well, to help set up Schwartz, he's been playing well too. I mean, you know, anytime you can jump out to the early lead, I still think that's positive. I th still think it's awesome that uh, the team is is playing that way and, and ready to start this off. Um, but uh, yeah, they just, they just you know, it's it's hard to go up against guys like Nathan McKinnon, Kel McCarr, Miko Ranton, and they're just good. They just are. Uh, Super chat here from Light. Even if we don't win another game, the Kraken are benefiting from this experience for the core of players that we are going to have at least a few more years. These close games are important 
for us. Uh, thousand percent agree, Light. Thank you for the super chat. Shout out to Queen Anne Beer Hall for sponsoring the post game live. Um, it's true, and that's really what all all of this was about, right? We wanted to make the playoffs just to to kind of prove to everybody that we could, and we did that. We won the first playoff game against the defending Stanley Cup champs, proved that we could, right? We got a lot of people talking about us, you know, internationally, right, all across North America and worldwide. Um, seeing this Kraken team, understanding what this Kraken team has, they have depth, they have good players, they have four lines that have. You know, each one's got a 20 goal score, all that good stuff. They're seeing Maddie Beniers and not just like, oh, he's a good young rookie. It's like, no, Maddie Beniers can score in this game and and make a difference and and be a big impact player and defend Nathan McKinnon, right? Like, like that's that's so huge. It's so great. And um, so I, I'm still happy about all that kind of stuff. I still think that this is all been worth it. It is such an incredible season for the Kraken. And then, like you said, too, I, the, ben the benefits of the experience are massive, so massive. Talking about a Matty Beniers, to be able to go up against the level of competition he's going up against right now, and he's seeing firsthand the way guys like Nathan McKinnon approach playoff hockey, and they understand that you have to reach that next level, that extra gear that you don't even always know that you have, uh, and and to be able to do that. And and for Matty Beniers to see that firsthand, see what those guys are going through, see what the veterans on his own team are doing to prepare for these games, how, you know, you forget the bad shifts, you take what you need to learn from them, and then you move on. And, and um, the way to, you know, try to make those in-game adjustments that are that are so much more important now when you're playing that same team and it becomes that chess match between both both squads as far as what your structure is going to be what is what is your system going to be shift to shift which lines are going up against whom all that kind of stuff i think that's so important for him it's so important for really all of them and it's really important that they're getting to do this all together and this is something that RJ and I have both talked about with different groups around the NHL is there's this idea that you almost you have to lose maybe even a couple times before then you can all win as a group. And it, I think that there is something to that. Um, and that's, you know, it's something all of these teams go through. Tampa went through it. Chicago went through it. The Kings went through All of them went through it. Pittsburgh went through a lot of it. Uh, it's just the way that it is. And, and it does, it builds, it builds something within that group. It adds to the chemistry. It adds to their culture, uh, when you go through playoff series and, um, especially the ones that, you know, they don't work out for you. They, they become very beneficial. So I still think that this season has been incredible. I'm still so happy, uh, about so much of this Kraken team. I still think the future is unbelievably bright. There's still so much good stuff. And uh, yeah, thank you, Light, for uh, for letting me talk about it and for the super chat. Really appreciate it. Um, Hunter, it's the power play, stupid. Yeah, I mean, the power play is really rough. They need to try to figure some stuff out. I sent out a tweet and I put it in the Discord. You know, they need player movement. Right now, Colorado, their PK is just sitting in the passing lanes. They're chilling. They're not having to move at all. Look at the difference between our our PK and their PK. Our PK guys are moving all over the place. Our two forwards on the PK have to be like really moving. And a little bit of that is our system. But you look at the Colorado one and they're like not even moving. They're like statues out there uh, because they're just, they're sitting in the passing lanes. They know what they can take away and, and what they should take away. And the bottom line is you need to get some player movement going around. So whether it's running like a pick and roll, get the guy in the middle of the bumper spot, uh, to, to try to set up a pick, let someone off the half boards come in towards the middle there and get a good shot off. Or if you, you know, if you're going to, um, 
try to have that bumper player get engaged with the player and try to draw him out of position, open up a passing lane for something cross cross zone. I don't I don't know what the exact answer is. Those are just a couple of ideas. But the bottom line is the power play needs to go really back to the drawing board. They need to get player movement. They need to figure something else. Let Matty Beneers roam. Put him up at the point. I know I've kind of more jokingly talked about that earlier in the season. But bottom line is you've got nothing to lose at this point. When your power play is one for 11 in this series and it's costing you playoff games, you have nothing to lose. You got to do something absolutely have to have to uh michael so many moments of promise and so many moments of pain Ugh, i know i know um it's just it's 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 playoff hockey right like we talked about this and, and anybody who's experienced playoff hockey before knows the highs are so much higher the lows are so much lower and it's just it's gut-wrenching it's exhilarating it's it's everything and nothing it's all the cliches uh but that's that's what we're all going through now with the Kraken. and you know what i know Right now we're down in the series, but I still wouldn't trade it, trade those feelings because it's it is great. Uh, it's what sports fans are all. It's it's what being a sports fan is all about. Really, really is. Um, it would have been nice for a home win, but maybe game four from absurdly sane. I think that's definitely going to be possible. Again, Kraken they they did play okay through this one. There was definitely moments, you know, second period again struggling with Colorado and what they're able to do, for sure. Uh, second half of the first period struggling there. Um, but there have been there have been good moments for the Kraken. Like I said earlier, the fact that you were able to get those two goals in the 19 seconds to tie that game, I think, is really, really big. You're once again proving you will not go away. I think they frustrated Colorado. They got Colorado to take a lot of penalties in this one because of you know frustration. And that's because the Kraken are going out there. 38 hits again today. I mean, they are they're getting in their face. They are causing them problems. And the bottom line is they're not going away. Colorado is really putting a lot of themselves into the series. Nathan McKinnon's pouring himself into the series. Kale McCarr, right? All these guys are pouring themselves into the series and they're having a hard time putting away this wild card team. And I think that that is starting to get to the Colorado avalanche. It's not necessarily getting to the star players and breaking them down. Um, but I, I feel, I still think that it's affecting their depth. It's allowing the Kraken to have success out there and it's going to allow the Kraken to stay in these close games so that if you do fix one of your issues, whether it's face-offs or the power play, the game is right there. The Kraken are right back in it. They can take another game. Next thing you know, you know, you're going back to Colorado and uh, we know how this team plays on the road and how they played in those first two games in Colorado. So I still think that there's, there's some good stuff uh, coming here. Coop need, 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 need more from Ebbs and Canner. That first line is really struggling right now. I know Matty Benier's got that goal. Like I said, I'm super happy for him. You could see that celebration. It was pure joy. But the bottom line is that first line is really struggling. And I was a little disappointed by the Kraken as a whole with the line matchups in this one. We heard Dave Haxtall earlier today after morning skate kind of downplay the idea of the line matchups. But I felt like the, the Kraken looked worse from a matchup perspective in this one. And I, I still think they struggled, you know, even against some of those, uh, the bottom six against Colorado here, that top line. They looked a little bit better. They were able to get a little bit more cycling, a little bit more going in the offensive zone, but still nothing overwhelmingly dangerous. And that's something that they got to figure out, especially with a guy like Jared McCann, who was your 40 goal scorer. He is the one guy that you can, you know, in theory, count on for goals. So I still think that they need to get him going for sure. 
Nicole, can't wait to talk about the same issues the team has had all season. We have, right? Say it all with me. Face-offs, power play, clear the zone. Uh, yay. <laughs> uh, Michael, uh, McKinnon, uh, Miko Rantanen, and Makar making our defensemen look foolish in back-to-back -back games. Their speed is just so hard to keep up with for a full 60 minutes. It's really hard because... You know, one of the one of the few things that's been working really well for the Kraken is the Kraken's defensemen activating in the offensive zone. Um, all the times that we've been giving them fits. I mean, I know Jamie Alexiak, right, got that goal today. But all the time we're really giving the Colorado defense fits, it's because we're allowing the, the defensemen to activate. We know that's part of Dave Haxtell's system. The problem is, is that that leaves you with only one guy really back. And and so I thought the Kraken did a better job today than last game as far as handling that in the neutral zone and trying to make sure that they could slow down the onslaught uh, that is the transition game of the Colorado Avalanche. That being said, those three players are really, really special. Nathan McKinnon has the speed and the skill. Miko Rantanen has the skill and the smarts to know, you know, on that first goal of his the, to, to make it 4-3 um, Colorado. He knew he has the defenseman Taves coming up. He's he's matched up with one defenseman. He's got someone else in front of him matched up with the other. I don't have to go all full speed here. I can hang back. Let me be the trailer. That's exactly what he was. And then that let him pick apart Grubauer. Um, he's got that. And Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr looks really, really hurt, but he's also heating up. I thought this was the best game Kale McCarr has had. This is the first game where he's looked like Kale McCarr. And I think that's definitely something the Kraken are going to struggle with is if Kale McCarr is actually back, there's not a lot you can do to slow that guy down as you know, really every NHL team knows at this point. So they got to figure that out. That's what I was worried about with Colorado, uh, especially in the first round of the playoffs. Like I said, star players, they can be the difference in these series and Colorado's got three of them. And if you don't have the ability to kind of match that, it can be really, really rough. And that's why I was worried about teams like Edmonton, Colorado, Vegas. It's just, it's hard to slow that stuff down. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, kind of wish we were facing Dallas right now from a Bach. I mean, that series is just absolutely insane. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, Colorado, there was stuff to worry about with Colorado. I know the season series was in our favor, but there's, there's stuff to worry about. Uh, Hunter face off some power player once again buried the team. I know, I know we could spend all night just talking about that. Ty, man, if there, if there is a team that makes you pay for mistakes, wow, tons of positives though, but I'm looking way down the road. Interesting to see how, uh, who shows up in the playoffs and who disappears. Uh, I have a feeling we're, we're going to be recording deep dive, I think tomorrow. And a big part of that is going to be talking about how the, the Kraken roster has played so far in this playoff series the guys that have shown up the guys who maybe haven't in ways that we you know maybe want them to or expect them to all of that kind of stuff that's going to be a big part of that so i think i'm going to save that for when rj's more around and we're going to be able to really dig into it um but i i understand where you're saying and then yeah i mean colorado you make a turnover in the offensive zone they are right there if you're not totally ready for them coming through the neutral zone they're gonna kill you like that's just the way it goes and um it's it's scary and it's something you know you got to play mistake free. We talked about that going into the playoffs, right? RJ always bringing that up. Playoff hockey's got to be mistake free hockey. And the bottom line is when you're playing a team like Colorado, it has to be like that, but you know times two because boy, those mistakes they just show up on the score sheet no matter what. Um, Daniel, they kicked our ass in zone time, and when the puck ended up uh, at the points, we fumbled it or nobody was home. 
It was a real problem. I think structurally, this is the worst game in the series for the Kraken so far. Offensive system not working, not able to get that cycle, not able to get things going down low. You're not putting a lot of pressure on the on the Colorado defense right now. And as you said, the communication with the guys at the point wasn't totally there. Um, I, I think that that's a problem. And then defensively, the structure completely gone uh second half of the first period and then really through the rest of the game defense struggled a lot got to keep the play in front of you got to use your stick got to try to disrupt things just a lot of the basics communicating with your d partner communicating with your center trying to figure that out uh, the structure was not there for the kraken i really think that they're going to need to address that for the next game uh light with another super chat. Thank you very much, Light. I will say, even though they are not on the score sheet a lot, Ebbs and McCann are at least trying to make a big impact, unlike some others. All right. So because of the super chat and everything, we'll go ahead and address this. Good night, Pablo. I see that in there. Um, go ahead and address this, address this now. I think that a big problem for the Kraken tonight was the absence of Morgan Geeky. Morgan Geeky was playing. He played so well through those first to Colorado games him being on that second line has been a real difference maker we talked about the skill that he has the size that he has and the fact that when he doesn't have the responsibilities of trying to be that depth center and he can just let himself kind of go how impactful that's been for the Kraken through those first two games and I think you saw his absence tonight in a big big way not just because he was gone and we were missing that energy and missing that skill from him but because that meant Tanev had to move up the lineup Take that other spot on the wing of Alexander Wenberg and Tanev was sorely, sorely missed in the bottom six tonight. He was missed in a big, big way. The, that, that fourth line for the Kraken tonight was struggling big time. Froden comes in to help fill the uh, the geeky absence. Froden, look, he's a good fill-in player, but I, you know this is playoffs against a really strong team. I, I don't know that he's got it. Um, Ryan Donato really struggled tonight he just did i mean the only thing that he didn't do uh he didn't you know kind of struggle with was the face-offs it's kind of the only good consistent face-off guy for the kraken but still it, he struggled and and that's something that you need to see turned around and then daniel sprong i know we've talked about it 5:40 ice time tonight and that's with over two minutes on the power play I, we we've talked about the you know we've 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 talked about the fact that he's he's potentially injured, he's hurt, he's not a hundred percent. I totally understand that, but he is a ghost out there right now. He is absolutely a ghost. I am not noticing him even on the power play. The one time you did notice him tonight was when he fell down and and allowed the shorthanded goal to kind of happen. And you know it it happens. Those those things happen, but. It's really, really rough. But the bottom line is the depth for the Kraken struggled tonight and it cost them. And I think a lot of that was just because Geeky was out and the way they had to shuffle the lineup. It was it was it was a little rough. But absurdly saying point out with the super chat here, Geeky gonna have that new dad energy for game four. That is right. We've heard that talked about. We saw that with Oliver Bjorkstrand, what that can do. I mean, Morgan Geeky was already playing fantastic. He was, you know, got the goal in the first game, hit that post early in the second game to help set the tone for that one. Um, Morgan Geeky has been playing out of his mind right now, and you're absolutely right, absurdly saying having that new dad energy, you know he's gonna be feeling it that extra little bit. I cannot wait for him to come back. Cannot wait to come for him to come back. It's going to be big. It's going to be great. Um, 
Let's see. X Kid Z, the building seemed like it was so loud. The audio equipment couldn't handle it. So happy Seattle fans showed up big time. Look, it's it's Seattle. And we know what they do at Seahawks games. We know what they can do at Mariners games, Sounders games, all of it, right? It's Seattle. It is a sports city. No two ways about it. We've seen it for the Kraken before, but this was the first time that Seattle was able to bring that playoff energy into Climate Pledge Arena. And it was epic. I cannot wait to hear from RJ when he joins us in a little bit because uh, it was so loud. It was so loud through the broadcast. I love that so much. And you just know that the the team appreciates that. You know that they were feeling it. I think that that's what helped them um, tie the game up in the second period there, get those two goals. I really think the crowd played a part in that. And yes, again, so happy. And it's one of those times where not everybody stays up to watch West Coast sports in general all the time right uh but when they do i gotta think that you know seattle fans make an impression on them because how could they not how could they not so so great um sj big highs big lows sprong giving us a lesson in why forwards should never try to skate backwards it was it was a rough transition yeah it was a bad transition that's that's let's be real it was bad uh striatic i'm optimistic I'm optimistic too. The fact that we didn't get blown out, the fact that the team was able to tie the game in the second period, we were able to hang in there, all of that stuff. I still have optimism. I still think that this series is going to go a long ways and the Kraken are never going to get blown out in it. And I think that that is extremely important. And again, just look at some of these games around the NHL, especially this playoffs. There's a lot of that going on in some of these series. And the fact that we're, you know, this is, we're not having to deal with that too much. It's it's pretty good. Uh, so RJ and chat down here saying getting hackstall in media room with everyone. So we'll post some things here since I don't know how long this new format will take. Uh, hackstall says that they gave Colorado Stars too much time and space. Broke down the first few goals. All right, so we'll 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 definitely hear more from RJ when he can join us uh, about that, and you know also when they when the Kraken uh, post the the audio from hackstall But it's true, right? We've talked about that. Those star players from from Colorado, you got to find ways of slowing them down. And yeah, the Kraken didn't really have an answer for them in this one. So um, not not too surprised that Dave Haxtell noticed that. <laughs> right? Oh, man. So, so, so good. Uh, Michael, game one felt magical and like anything was possible. And now reality is settling in. Whatever. Playoff hockey is still fun. It is. It's so it's so much fun. It really, really is. Jake, I feel like the power play has been weak enough that the Avs aren't scared to take a penalty to prevent a scoring chance. we got to get a few and make it harder for them. Maybe that late one will break the curse. I'm with you. Hopefully that one will get the Kraken going, kind of get some good feels on the power play, get something moving forward because it's true. They have to. I gave the numbers. One for 11. It's not great. So definitely got to get that one going. Gregory, tough loss, but we'll bounce back on Monday. I'll be there in person to witness it. Good for you, Gregory. I hope so, too um let's see uh the agony and ecstasy of playoff hockey from from edward it's the it's that's what it is i love it it's there um donnie no need for a therapy session tonight i was proud of our boys again they they're hard workers they really are that's the one thing we can always take away from this seattle kraken team you know talk about things i've been talking about all season long through a lot of post games right how many times in these post games have we said uh, got to be proud of our boys. They don't quit. They don't give up all that good stuff. Absolutely love it. Um, Hexel says, uh, oh, RJ's back. Uh, Bednar said Nachushkin was out for personal reasons. Okay. So, uh, interesting there. 
Uh, I mean, hopefully everything's okay for, for him and his family and stuff. You know, you always wonder. Um, so, so RJ getting Bednar as well. Uh, I wonder if both coaches getting are being done in the media room. Uh, interesting, interesting change to the setups there. Um, we will we'll hear from RJ when we hear from RJ. Uh, crack and play it hard. McKinnon just cuts through defense like butter from Russ. It's he's something, man. He is something, something. Um, Ty Bednar answers back way too fast too. Lol, give us some time, bro. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's they're doing a good job of making adjustments. Colorado, they really, really are. Um, they're, they're finding ways to get their guys, uh, in good spots and, and they were able to take advantage of a lot of, you know, cracking issues tonight. They just were, uh, Daniel, at least the PK was still perfect. That's true. I mean, the, the PK has been incredible this entire series. Absolutely incredible. I know they looked a little bit more panicked in this one than before, but they looked, they looked so good. They, they're keeping this team in it. You know, talking about the fact that Kraken haven't been blown out yet so far this series, big reason for that has been the PK. They are the thing that is keeping these games close. Uh, and, you know, really, I expect that given the way that the power, the, the penalty kill has played this whole second, you know, this whole second half of the season, this calendar year, all that good stuff. They really, they're, they're good. Um, let's see. Uh, that's it all. And uh, do you see, do you ultimately see major issues as a personnel problem going forward? I don't entirely. And again, we'll talk more about this on the deep dive coming out Monday morning or Monday, you know, day or something. Um, I, I get it. And, and the, you know, no roster is perfect and all of that stuff. I still think that the Kraken have way better pieces and a way better foundation than a lot of other teams. Part of that, though, is is, you know, guys like Matty Beneers, who's in his first playoff uh, series. It's his first full season in the NHL. Part of that is knowing that you've got a guy like Shane Wright who's going to come in next year, but he's going to have those same growing pains that Matty had this year. So, again, you're starting to look out, you know, more years ahead. Um, but I will say, you know, there's there's reasons why, um, you know, I've been higher on certain guys throughout the season than others. And part of it has to deal with, what playoff hockey is, what, what's going to matter at the end of the season. Um, and like I said, we'll talk about it more on the, on the deep dive. Uh, I, I think that that's, a, that's more the appropriate place for it than this, where we can really get into the ins and outs of all that stuff. Um, thrift shop hockey officially winning the special teams battle though. I'll take it. I will take it. Yes. Uh, some more, a lot of people talking about how incredible the crowd was for sure. I cannot wait to hear, uh, from RJ there going to need the best effort of the season on Monday, get it to two, two, then it's a best of three from Aaron. It's a best of three where you get to play two of those games on the road. And I think that that is a big, big deal for the Kraken for sure. Definitely agree with you. Uh, Matty Beniers looked nice in this game. He went off uh, from Russ. He did. I mean, he's starting to settle into playoff hockey and I love to see it. Um, Donnie, how about Jared McCann winning the battle of the boards? Get Matty a pass for his first Stanley cup playoff goal. Again, Jared McCann not finding his way onto the score sheet necessarily, but uh, still making things happen. Ebb, same thing. They're still making plays happen. Uh, absolutely love to see it. Um, let's see. Coop, I mean, well, Coop talking about how many prime opportunities has Maddie set up for Ebbs in these three games? Four, five. He's got to start finishing. He will. I mean, this is this is what happens with Eberly, right? We've talked about it both these last two seasons. 
He's a streaky goal scorer. And right now he's just, it's a cold spell. So, but at any time that could turn around, right? He could come in next game and have a hat trick. We've seen it from him. Uh, so I'm, you know, it's, I'd like, I'd like it to get going, but you know, it'll get going when it gets going. Um, ben, thanks for the sticker, RJ. Nice to meet you. Looking forward to getting my voice back next month. Oh man, Ben, love it, love it. Hope you had a good time at the game. Sounds like you did. Uh, big, big part of why that Kraken building was so loud. Uh, Shea Palette Cleanser. We know Maddie's the front runner for Calder, but how about Maddie for Lady Bing? I would love to see a rookie win Lady Bing, and he absolutely should be in the conversation. I hope he gets votes. I'm not optimistic about it uh but just given the last you know few seasons but again to play as much as he did all that kind of stuff i absolutely love it sin city get out of here you guys can barely handle the second wild card team in winnipeg get out of here needing two overtimes to get a 2-1 series lead come on sin city look and deal with your own stuff you know uh good vibes everyone there was lots of good stuff from the kraken in this game showed resilience now need to combine with consistency and hopefully improve the power play but resiliency is the hardest thing from striatic it is and i, I mean you know i'm sounding like a broken record here i'll, I'll this is the last time okay um but that has been one of the hallmarks of this team all season long is that they do not quit they always believe they can come back we saw it tonight i i'm telling you there's a reason we keep bringing it up i bring it up striatic brings it up other people in chat bring it up because it is so important and it is something that we can be so proud of with this group of players and the culture that exists around them. Absolutely loves it. Absolutely love it. Um, Dev guy, any guesses what hack might implement to counter McKinnon? I think what you'll see in the next game because they control the line matchups is either Yanni Gord or Alexander Wenberg just completely tied to Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon goes out there for a faceoff. One of those two guys is going out there for the faceoff. Nathan McKinnon hops over the boards on an on-the-fly change. One of those guys is hopping over the boards on an on-the-fly change. I think you have to take one of those two guys and, and pair him to McKinnon. And the bottom line is you almost got to play man coverage with him. You just got to have somebody whose assignment is Nathan McKinnon. You cannot leave it up to your defense and the structure and the transition, you know, your neutral zone plan, all that stuff. You can't rely on that stuff to pick up Nathan McKinnon. He is too fast. He's too good a puck handler. He is too smart, and he knows how to get around those things. You just need somebody who is just going to try to blanket him with coverage and try to take him out. Yes, it sucks because you're losing a piece uh, on your own end as well. But the bottom line is anybody on the Kraken right now being matched up against Nathan McKinnon, given how hot he is playing, is a benefit for the Kraken. If those two things are canceling each other out, that's a win for the Kraken because Colorado is losing the better player. Because right now in this series, Nathan McKinnon is the best player out there on the ice for either team. So you know, whoever it is for the Kraken, I would probably try Wenberg myself. Uh, I know RJ is probably going to say Yanni Gord, but I, I think I would try Alexander Wenberg and I would just say, Wenberg, this is your guy and just take care of him for this game. Make sure he doesn't do anything. And, and Wenberg's capable of doing that. So um, that's, that's how I would handle him. G fantastic question though, dev guy, really important question that the Kraken are going to have to do. Um, let's see. Uh, yes, more love from for Geeky there, definitely. Uh, Dan, I feel like we should really be switching our lines up. Nothing huge, but some changes are in order at this point. Well, again, we did because Geeky was out, so he wasn't there on that second line. And I, you know, I talked about his his presence was definitely missed. I felt like that line really struggled. Uh, that was one of the lines that was getting things going in Colorado. Colorado was having trouble matching up against it. 
it struggled mightily tonight, that second line. You did not see Wenberg at all. You did not really hear much. I mean, Jaden Schwartz, I know he got stuff going, uh, but you're looking at, you know, situations, power play situation, another one shortly after a power play. So, eh, you know what I mean? It's it, I, I, I don't think it was really because the second line was doing all of their stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, so, yes, I agree. The lineups need to be shaken up, but I think part of that is just Geeky coming back, Tanev being able to go down lower in the lineup, getting more back to um, that winning lineup that the Kraken had at the end of the regular season and for that first game in the series. Um, uh, at least we're not getting blown out of the water. We're, we're showing fight and are completely capable from go check yourself for sure. Really happy about that. Gabby, what happened to the four check tonight? That's what created so many great offensive zone opportunities in game one. And it's fallen off so hard since then. It has a little bit like the numbers are there for the hits. This was a discussion on discord. I saw some people having the hit numbers are there, but I agree with, uh, I think it was Michael in discord um, who said that it doesn't look like they're finishing them as strongly as before, or, you know, like, like a soft hit is still a hit, but there's a difference between that and a big hit. And I do think that there is, there is an element of that. And, you know, I talk about the structure saying earlier that the Kraken needs structure. The defense needs structure right now uh, through the neutral zone. They needed structure. Part of that is they needed structure offensively. The only time the system looked good was when you had that defenseman coming in. You can't rely on that, especially in this in this series where you're getting killed uh, with plays coming back the other way. So I'm totally with you, Gabby. Forecheck needs to be there, and it just kind of wasn't. And I think part of that is geeky. He's a big body. He's somebody who likes to throw around that big body. I think that that's a big part of it. Um, Tanev having to play a little bit differently on that second line. His hit number is down to four in this one. It's lower than it's been. Um, I know it's still a lot, still, you know, tied for the lead amongst forwards. Um, but I think that that's part of it because he's having to think a little bit differently. He's having to play a little bit differently because he's in a different role. He's not trying to be an energy fourth liner. He's trying to be somebody in the top six, making something happen, trying to get a goal for the team. Uh, and so I think when you have guys whose strengths are the forecheck, but you're putting them in situations where, they can't kind of just go out there and do their thing. Uh, it's it's a little it's it's rough, and the chemistry's not there with him and the rest of that second line. It's it's definitely a struggle for them at this moment, and it's something that was frustrating Colorado. It leads to the power play opportunities again. If the power play is going to get going, uh, which it it very well could after this game, if you know if anything, just because the law of averages says it must at some point. Uh, I think that that's going to be part of it because guys like Josh Manson, we saw it again in this one, he, he gets frustrated and then he does stupid things. And that's a big, big deal. And one of the ways of slowing down the Colorado rush too is to, is to go ahead and um, have force those defenders to really kind of not be able to move the puck up and out and feed the Colorado transition. And so if they're too preoccupied trying to smack you back, uh, that's a big deal. Or they're too, you know, hurt from just getting slammed into the boards. That's a big deal. Um, but the bottom line is, you know, they they gotta they gotta find a way of doing something there. Uh, the Kraken. You're you're totally right. Uh, Sarah, don't forget to like the stream, y'all. Thank you very much, Sarah. I really appreciate it. Um, let's see. <laughs> Sprague cost himself a lot of dough tonight. I don't know, Daniel. We'll see. It was just one play, but it's it's rough. Um, it's it's certainly not gonna help them. Um, uh, Bazzi, we play in the series mostly with three lines. Do you think we struggle to continue our great starts because we get tired playing shorthanded? We're not doing anything too different from Colorado, right? You look over and I, I see more guys on this Colorado score sheet that had under 10 minutes of ice time than the Kraken. 
Uh, they had four players under 10 minutes. The Kraken had three. Uh, it was just that fourth line. So if if that's, you know, I don't think we can use it as an excuse on our end if, if that's going to be the case. Uh, I certainly think that when the fourth line is a little bit more trustworthy, a little bit more solvent, that's better for the Kraken. You can lean on it a little bit more, or it's at least just more effective for the limited time that it is out there. I think that, you know, Part of this is just what playoff hockey is, is that as series go, you start to get worn down. And that's part of that learning curve of what all teams have to learn through the playoffs. It's finding that extra bit in yourself. It's finding ways of fighting through that. It's finding ways of saying, I just played 82 regular season games and I just spent the last six, seven months getting beat up and traveling and not really being able to properly recover and putting my body through something that bodies aren't built for. And now I have to somehow do that, but extra. And, and that's, I think just the difference here. And I think that's what we're seeing. I don't think that it's, you know, the guys are getting too tired or anything. The, um, the time on ice distribution on the Kraken is still a lot better than it is on the avalanche. Uh, Cause the bottom line is Nathan McKinnon hasn't played less than 21 minutes a game this entire series. And on the Kraken side, they haven't had anyone. I don't think, play 21 minutes up front at all in any of these and nathan mckinnon just looks like he's getting better and better and better so it's it's i, I see where you're coming from but uh i think it's just it's part of that overall learning curve uh donnie our star players this series have been gord tanov and ellie tolvanen other players have scored and have been huge but those three have kept us in every single game they have and i felt like this is the first game where they haven't i felt like this was the first game where that yanni gord line did not show up. And so I was trying to see like who Hacksaw was matching them up against. It looked like at the beginning of the game, they were matched up against the McKinnon line. Looked like maybe later on in the game as the Kraken were starting to need offense. That wasn't the case. Unfortunately, I think that led to some more of those, those offensive chances for that McKinnon line. Um, but uh, I, I think that that line needs to get going if the Kraken are going to get back into this series. All right. Uh, so let's, you know, you, you've heard all that stuff from me. Uh, talk about all that kind of stuff. Um, let me go ahead and try to bring in RJ here. How's it going, RJ? Looking good. I'll, I was. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, let's let's start with you know what what Dave Haxtall had to say because I am very curious about that. We all saw what the situation was for the Kraken in this one struggling with the same things they've struggled with all year, struggling with some of the same things from the last game. You know, I'm, I'm curious to hear it from Dave Haxtall because I don't know that all the adjustments were always there for them tonight. Right. And he didn't get into a whole lot of detail. I'll start with that in, in general. Um, I, I thought on the power play was probably where he was most specific, uh, breaking down kind of what goes wrong in the power play. And he didn't even really start with what went wrong. It was more just, okay, here's what the process needs to be. And he talked about number one, getting possession in the zone. Uh, number two, having that first pass to kind of alleviate that pressure. And, and then number three, getting to the inside. He mentioned that getting to the inside was something they really struggled with pretty much all game on the power play where they just, they weren't even able to kind of get to that point because of the abs pressure on the pocket, either it's cleared or you're just working it around the outside. I'm sure you saw it and talked about it, how little time the guys at the point had to work with. And, and, and that's kind of the process. He did mention that final power play goal. He's, he did say like, look, it's a late goal. It doesn't mean a whole lot, but that's an example of just keeping it simple, making a simple play to the inside and you've got Schwartz making the tip. So that was one example he gave. 
as far as the Avs star players, and I thought that was kind of the biggest key is just you know you didn't if you don't keep those guys off the board if you let them do what they did tonight, you know you're you're not going to win many games. And um, he just said we kind of gave him too much time and space. There wasn't a whole lot of detail and really how to defend them, but just mentioned yeah we gave him too much. That's interesting. So the last question that I was addressing before you joined us, RJ, was about kind of the line matchups and trying to figure out, you know, how do you slow down a Nathan McKinnon? I gave my thoughts. Do you have any thoughts? Because that dude is on fire right now. Yeah, he is. And I, I, I do agree with Haxtell a little bit in general, as far as giving him too much time and space. You look at that goal that he scored where, where he beats Grubauer up in the high corner. Um, yes, he's able to shimmy past Donato, and it's very hard to defend him at the point. It's easy for me to just say to Donato, okay, well, yeah, you just got to stop him up there. You know, Don't let him skate by you. But that's one of the best players in the world. It's hard to do that. I would like to see Vince Dunn step up a little bit more and a little bit earlier on that play. Uh, just, just at least don't give him so much time to kind of line up that shot and think about it. Um, just take a page from what the abs do when the Kraken have their most skilled players out there on the power play. Just pressure the puck carrier. Don't give them time to think. I think that's what they did really well in game one and game two, and it just kind of fell apart tonight. Yeah, my idea was just whether it's Gord or Wenberg, one of them is just has to do man-to-man blanket coverage on McKinnon. McKinnon hops over the boards. He hops over the boards to go take him out because the bottom line is McKinnon's the best player in this series. So if you can just, you know, have a trade-off of both guys disappear, McKinnon and one of those two for the Kraken, that's a win for the Kraken. You know what I mean? Um, I'd like to see something like that. Right. I mean, maybe even resort to the whole shadow type of thing. I mean, it's uh, it'd be a very interesting battle. But also you look at that line, they've taken Ronson off of it. Lekkonen's a very good player, but um, I think, you know, with Nachushkin also being out and for we don't know how long, at least the next game, uh, that might be something that would work given the lack of top six depth the Av have. Yeah, I, I think so. The other thing that's concerning for me, RJ, is we talk about the big players for the Avalanche. Uh, I know you mentioned mentioned Ronson in there. Kale McCarr. This was the first game where Kale McCarr looked like Kale McCarr. And that's scary, RJ. I don't like it. That was scary. And it was something I was starting to realize in the second period. Uh, you know, turns and I got people next to me in the press box. I'm like, oh, uh, Kale McCarr starting to feel it. And they're like, yeah, this is this is bad. This is dangerous. Um, and you can tell by the moves he's making up at the point when he has the puck, just the confidence that he has with it. You're starting to see a little bit more speed out of him. And that's something that uh, we did point out games one and game two. He didn't look like himself. He's starting to look like it now. And I, there's only so much you can do when that's the case. I mean, him stepping into that shot from the point. I mean, that was just a bomb that got by Philip Grubauer. And, um, you know, it's, it's tough when you consistently lose those face-offs in the D zone like the Kraken tend to do and McCarr can step into one of those I don't know how you defend that yeah it's it's rough I mean that uh, you know taking any bias out of it whatever that was a beautiful shot like it just was oh yeah it was a a great goal there's no way around it uh Daniel the Kraken formation on the ice did not work for the last two games Colorado knows them already so we need to change something around quickly if we want to win spent a lot of time tonight talking RJ about kind of the structures for the Kraken whether it's a structure in the neutral zone to help defend against the transition better structure defensively because that basically disappeared completely in this game um but also like the system offensively they really struggled getting things going down low. We talked earlier, somebody mentioned, you know, didn't really feel like the forecheck was there as much in this game as we've seen in those two games in Colorado. I mean, do you think we'll see something different from, from Hackstall next go around? Do you think he'll, he'll kind of change things up in, in a bigger way? 
I think so, because it just so clearly wasn't working in the latter stages of this game. They weren't able to really get a lot of that sustained offense, get those, have the forecheck create those turnovers and those second chances. It, what's interesting is it worked at times in this game. I mean, you look at the Matty Beneers goal, the tight, that's all McCann on the forecheck, digging that puck loose. That's textbook. Uh, Jared Bednar went over that. Uh, he talked about the other one with the, um, uh, who was it that, that that was like Taves that kind of turned or New Hook that turned it over? Yeah, uh, and the Kraken uh, were able to capitalize on that. So I mean Bednar, and, and by the way, I credit to Jared Bednar. Like I was there for his media availability because it was right after Hackstall's in the same room, and um, I, he gave some really good answers. Went into a lot of detail too about his thought processes behind things. Stuff I'm I'm not necessarily used to hearing from a coach, uh, but it was nice to, to hear that and, and especially see how he sees it. But he was talking about how dangerous the Kraken forecheck can be and the adjustments that they made to kind of counteract that and, and be a little safer with the puck and, and try and make a short pass here and there to just gain that little bit of extra time so you're not throwing the puck into who knows what and creating those turnovers that cause the crack in goals so i i think um you're gonna have to find ways to counteract that as well you know if the abs are gonna bring another guy back and get a quick pass in so they can try and move the puck out of the zone maybe you go like what we talked with dallas and just you know, hang back a little bit further. Uh, I think we might see something like that next game. Yeah. Everybody's loving the suit and chat, uh, by the way, RJ. Oh, thank so, you. Uh, Thanks, everyone. So I'll let you know. Definitely working for everybody. Also, everybody, I have uh, blocked Sin City, just so we don't have to deal with them anymore. Uh, I see all that. Oh, oh look who's well. back. Look who's yeah. back after I Vegas know, uh, you know, you know, ekes out the overtime win against I Winnipeg. Gonna, I was going to say, I mean, you need two overtimes to beat the second wild card team. You're going to come try to track talk trash somewhere else like get out of i'd here. wait one more game yeah so no, 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 no. got got that over uh for sure jake i think tolvanen has looked good so far this series i like his physical play and he's still getting looks uh i have liked a lot from tolvanen in this one it, it kind of different than what we saw from him earlier in the season where it was all like one-time bombs and all that kind of stuff um but yeah he has made a difference in the on the forecheck and stuff that yanni gord line though i felt like this was their worst game of the se season and I, and I was trying to figure out what the line matchup situation was from Hackstall throughout this game. It seemed like it changed as the game went on a little bit. Um, but I felt like that was that was a line that um, wasn't quite as effective as it was in those first two games. And I think the Kraken missed it. Yeah, it's been kind of a downward trajectory since game one for that line. They had such a great game one. Game two was all right. And, and this one just was kind of flat out rough, to be honest. Um, and, and it's tough because it, you, you couldn't really keep everything together with Geeky being out. Hackstall was moving a lot of things around. There were a lot of moving pieces. Uh, Froden was up on that second line. Tanev was up on that second line. Uh, a lot of double shifting here and there. And, and Hackstall this morning, I asked him about having last change and the line matchups because I was really interested to see what was his perspective there, kind of what's he going with. And uh, he he really pushed back on that. He said, we're not a hard match team. We haven't been all season. We're not going to start now. Uh, and just that basically this is not really as much of a factor for us. And he also said, too, that it's not so much a lot of the times with the uh, last change about getting the matchups you want, but avoiding certain matchups. I think that's more how he saw it. Yeah, and I felt like the, the Matty Beneers line was able to get in some better spots in this one than maybe they were in Colorado. I felt like that made a difference. The other one that, that was just a struggle and it's just a you know the situation, right, is Morgan Geeky being out. I felt like his absence was huge for not just because yeah. he's been playing really well and, and playing really well on that second line for a little while now, but it also meant Brandon Tanev had to kind of ascend up the lineup and it meant that the bottom six 
wasn't as strong as we've seen it be uh, through those first couple games. No, and I mean, we saw this when the Kraken were trying to come up with a replacement for Burakovsky on that line. When you don't have the right player on that second line and you're trying to make things work, it can get pretty bad. And removing Geeky from that all of a sudden, I, I think it had that effect, unfortunately. I mean... It's tough because it's it's for a very good reason that he was that he was missing, and I'm, I'm happy for him and his family. Like that's great, um, but uh, man, they they really need him back for Game Four. Yeah, so uh, I think that's going to help out the situation a lot. Lindsay, imagine if we could just abduct Nathan McKinnon mid series and have him play for us would be nice. And then Casey with a follow up, would they notice? They might notice. <laughs> yeah, I, I think after this game, everybody would notice. You, know uh, how, you, you can't miss him. Yeah, you know how they'd notice? They'd be, and all the players would be in the locker room. They'd all be like, wow, we're having a lot of fun today. What's going on? Ah, oh, McKinnon's not around trying to make us all serious, telling us not to eat pasta or whatever. Yeah, he, he would not put up with the amount of fun in the Kraken locker room. I do not think he would do well there. No, 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 no. I think if, if he ever met Bowie face-to-face, he'd just, like, combust or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Stratic, I think Yanni might be the only Kraken with even the potential to keep up with and skate with Nathan McKinnon, other than maybe Maddie. And I trust Yanni more in the matchup. Yeah, that would be asking a ton of a 20 year old rookie in his first ever playoff series after playing his first full season to just be like, okay, go stop this guy who's seemingly unstoppable. Um, yeah, I said Wenberg, I, I know you're probably leaning Yanni. Uh, if you do need somebody to go up against Nathan McKinnon, my only thought process was, you know, that way the Yanni line can still go out there and generate offense for us. Right. And I mean, if, if Wenberg can do it, then that's who you want. I mean, you'd rather have Wenberg if, if the lines are just going to cancel each other out. I, I just don't know that he can do it after watching tonight's game. I think that's just too tall a task for that Wenberg line, certainly without Morgan Geeky. Uh, if he, I, I can't imagine you have to miss another game, but if that were the case, it's just too much. And that's, that's why I'd go with the Yanni Gord line. I just feel more confident he could do it. Yeah. Hunter, depth can only take you so far. I wouldn't mind trading depth for top flight players. This is something sorely missing on the roster. It would be interesting to hear your take on it. would be interesting to hear your take on this, Dylan. Yeah. So, I mean, I talked about uh, earlier, RJ, I was taking an unfortunate victory lap about why I was afraid of Colorado this whole time. It's because of these good yep. players and their ability to turn it on. Um, the Kraken have struggled to deal with it, and they don't seemingly have the pieces able to deal with it. Uh, I think Matty Beniers is going to be that guy. He's just not there yet. I think Shane Wright one day is going to be that guy that you can go out there, and when you're playing against a Nathan McKinnon, you'll be able to be like, all right, Matty Beniers, you go out there and score the goal. Shane Wright, you go out there and shut down the other guy. And like that's what the Kraken are going to be three, four years from now. And it's just going to be that through series after series and other teams are going to have no answer for it. But the Kraken aren't there yet. And the Kraken have to find ways of getting there. And part of that's just time, but part of it is also around the roster construction. I feel like this is the first time, RJ, ever that I that the blue line is missing that guy. You know what I mean? That, right. that uh, Victor Hedman type. And I know that that's like the top of the mountain pinnacle, you know, best you could get right now. But that person who can go out there play half the game if you need them to, and just make sure everything's going to be okay. Yeah, and you look to Vince Dunn in that situation, I think he's the closest thing the Kraken have, but man, he he's kind of made it clear that he is not at that level, certainly in this game. I thought he had a, a pretty rough game tonight. Yeah. Uh, a few really bad turnovers, just just uncharacteristically bad turnovers, um, just some not great reads. There were a couple goals that almost went in off of him. Um, he just he just looked off tonight. And um, 
didn't look particularly great last game either. Um, it, I, I don't know what exactly it is or why. I mean, the Avs put a lot of pressure on that on that D pair, and um, it's a tough assignment when you're going against superstars like that when they're on their game. But Dunn just really looked out of sorts to me, and and it made it clear, yeah, you you do need someone who is that guy, and, and I don't think Dunn is at least right now. Yeah, and and we're gonna talk about that on the deep dive for sure. I, I already told everybody we're talking about a lot of those more player specific stuff on the deep dive. But I'm I'm right there with you, and that's something I've got notes on Vince Dunn to talk about on the deep dive, and they're very similar to what you just talked about. Um, let's try to flip it though. Let's talk about a defender who had a good game. Jamie Alexiak scored a ton of goals this this season for the Kraken, keeping it going. It wasn't what I had in mind when I made him my X factor for this playoff series, RJ, but I'll take it. Yeah, that was a gorgeous goal. That is one of the prettiest goals we've seen all season. Uh, just weaving between abs defenders and roofing a backhand. I mean, th that got everything started. Of course, the crack could score again shortly after that to tie it. But um, just what an individual effort on that play. And I think because he's such a big guy, because you know he's he's not the fastest guy, he can sneak up on you a little bit when he tries to do something like that. I, I don't think you see that coming as an opponent. And um, yeah, he was he was all over the abs there. That was an incredible goal. It's a shame I didn't get to you know let that sit and settle and enjoy it more before Maddie's goal and everything goes nuts. Um, but yeah, great play by Jamie Alexiak, and then also defensively, he was doing his thing tonight. Um, he has been, I think, you know, one of the better defensemen in this series on either side. Yeah, he has. He's been doing a great job blocking shots, five blocked shots tonight. Like I knew he I, I like I kept recognizing it like, oh, there's a there's a nice Alexiak shot block. But like when you've really you know, five geez. Um, I still think, you know, I'll probably always wish this from him, want him to be a little bit more physical. But the bottom line is he's he's really helping out in the defensive zone. He's playing very, very well. And yeah, I mean, arguably the greatest aspect of that goal that he scored was the fact that it sparked another one and the Kraken were able to tie it. We've gone this far without mentioning it yet, RJ, but the building, it was so loud on the broadcast. One of the loudest crowds I've ever heard on a broadcast. I mean, were you okay up there in the press box? Were you starting to get worried having to like strap yourself in or anything? A little bit, but I was just kind of too you know, taken aback by the whole moment to even worry about that at all. Um, yes, I'm glad the broadcast captured just how loud it was here. Uh, this is that was definitely the loudest this building has ever been for a Kraken game after that Maddie Beneers goal. Um, I, I'm, it was just a clear kind of pop from the whole arena. And I was busy kind of trying to clip the Alexiak goal video and tweet about it. And, and I guess um, Scott in the press box next to me just like points right at the net as, as Beneers scores. And the whole place just erupts. Um, I, it was it was special being in this building tonight um, and, and the energy just from the opening puck drop from even before that with the intros and everything, you could tell that it was going to reach another level of, of loud, of energy, of all of that. Uh, and it really did tonight. I just Kraken fans absolutely brought it like hats off to all of you. Absolutely. They're so great. Uh, a couple super chats here. Well, first one from Fusion Mix. Really appreciate that. And from LGG as well. Nice big super chat there. Thank you both. No messages for either of them. You guys got a message. Oh. Stick, it, stick it in there. I'll read it. Say whatever you want. want. Yeah, say whatever <laughs> you want. Uh, LGG here. Love your analysis. Back and forth developing ideas. Thanks for sharing. You're very, very welcome, LGG. Thank you very much for the super chat. Um, Coop. RJ, Dylan, any shot we see Burakovsky this series? I believe they already kind of said no, right? 
Yeah, they already said no. Uh, I don't think I don't think we will. I just the Kraken aren't going to risk his long term future there. The timeline just doesn't make sense. He's around. He's in the building. He was apparently saying hi to Piper. If you looked at her Twitter, um, you know he's been hanging out here. But no, I don't think he's going to play in this series. Yeah, uh, Braun, I'm late, but good takeaways. Ellie Tolvanen seems to be a good player across the board. Rig with the nasty goal. Maddie Selly, that celebration from Maddie is so is just pure joy. RJ, that's all you could use to describe it. Um, Braun, sad takeaways. Feels like Colorado is waking up and probably won't sleep again. Sad that we have kind of blown opportunities score wise twice. I personally still wish we had a star. Uh, they're coming. Maddie's coming. Just they are give coming. A little time. Just got to give it a little time. I know it's hard to be patient, especially with how great this year has been, but uh, it we, we have to. <laughs> this is the bottom line. Um, Ty, pay attention to who is making the difference in the postseason. These are the players you want to keep around. If we are serious about pushing, we have to find pieces that make impacts during the postseason. Turbo is insane in the postseason, not the big, not the biggest of factors in the regular season. Perfect example. Big rig is impressing me. Tolvan in big time. Geeky even. Totally tie. And that's what I was getting at. That is what we are going to talk about on the deep dive. That's the deep dive I want to have so far through this series, alongside obviously breaking down the series, how we would, you know, changes we'd make, yeah. all that kind of whatever stuff. But uh it's it's all good. Um that's 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 definitely it. And that's a big part of roster construction and figuring out those things is is to do that. Um Another thing here I want to bring up. Everybody mentioning how great RJ looks. Obviously, does it's all that good stuff. Are you really? Yeah, well, they they were. I'm doing I'm doing okay. a segue here, RJ, because if you want to look as good as RJ, I don't know that that's entirely possible. But a, bit, a great way to start that would be with our from the deep we rise playoffs 2023 t-shirt. Uh, just gonna go ahead and promote that link to all the merch is in the description below if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, it's a fantastic t-shirt. I still I cannot wait to get mine in RJ. I'm so pumped for it. Fantastic and um, just a great way to kind of uh, commemorate the this incredible season from the Kraken and all the good stuff that we've gotten from them. Yeah, way to kind of show again. We were all here together. We experienced this together. Um, I'm I, I love that design. I cannot wait till they come in, Dylan. Um, shipping, hurry up! But uh, yeah, it's great. And I mean, hey, it'll it'll look better than this suit on me. It's the old bar mitzvah suit. Come on, I just <laughs> had to dig that one out of the closet. Like I only own the one suit. I was I was I was gonna mention that like wow you got like a suit that like it looks like it fits pretty good and all that kind of stuff you're like oh that's I, the I haven't grown since then thirteen <laughs> yeah that was only what four, 14 years ago you again you know I haven't grown since then you've known me pretty much the whole time that's true that's true that's very true oh, I absolutely love it uh, uh oh man that's that's some good stuff here uh. Let's see, Sarah. I'd say the Beneers goal, like the crowd was going for the Alexiak goal, but unhinged for the Beneers goal. Talk about what you're saying there for sure. Uh, Ayers, how's it going? Dylan and RJ looking dapper. Uh, which goal was louder in CPA, the goal by Alexiak or Beneers? So Sarah giving the answer there. Russ Yeah, it was Beneers. Goal. Yeah, for sure. Um, God, and then almost that, matching it was when they when they announced the goal afterward. You know the the Chet Buchanan goal score by Maddie Beneers, and then that almost matched kind of the pop from the goal. It was it was great. That got the TBS broadcast talking. 
uh they they talked about that because they were like you and they were like because they were trying to be heard over it and they were like well and you can hear there with the <laughs> announcement for the maddie veneer school just how much they love this guy here in seattle and it's like yeah don't you <laughs> come on um I saw somebody mentioning it in here. I'm struggling to find where it was exactly because I want to give you proper credit, but it was asking mm -hmm. about Makar. Um, somebody was saying, because Edzo, I guess on the Root broadcast, said he looked hurt. TBS did show the shot of him. He was doubled over at one point, skating back to the bench, but he did come out. He did finish the game because that's what the question was. And, and the bottom line is, I know he's banged up right now, but like we talked about earlier, he is getting hot and he is getting scary. Um, so there's that. Uh, let's see here, Paul, this is a wonderful therapy session. Dylan and RJ made it home via the monorail and the crowded light rail with Sounders and M's fans. Energy was off the charts, uh, with all the great fans. Love to hear it, Paul. Uh, first off, thanks for the kind words there at the beginning. Um, but love it. I mean, you know, I talked about it earlier, RJ, when, when talking about the crowd and everything, Seattle sports city, we, you know, we talked about all that, but to be able to experience playoff hockey, to have everything going on that's going on in the city all at once, all that good stuff. I mean, it's a sports fan's heaven. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because I want to talk about not just here in the arena, but outside the arena too. And, it, and that created kind of this buildup to coming to the game that got me really excited. They had this, um, I forget what they called it, but a uh, like a little kind of party outside the arena before the game started. And I just walked around there. Even after getting here, putting my stuff away up in the press bridge, I wanted to go back out there and just walk around because it, the excitement, the atmosphere there was so great. So many fans just all crowded outside. At first, they were watching the uh, the Vegas-Winnipeg game in overtime, which was really cool. Everyone just kind of glued to the – it was up on the big screens there. And then later, just celebrating, getting ready for this great moment uh, in Seattle hockey history. And it was just awesome to walk around. Everybody saw a lot of people. They were like, hey, RJ. you know. So it was great to meet some of you too. I'm sure some of you are watching here right now. Um, you said that, yeah, in chat. Oh, well, there you go. Great to, yeah, exactly. Great to meet some of you. Give out some stickers, hang out. Um, I'm definitely going to do that again before game four if the crack can do a similar thing. And and also, I was able to go to the beer hall even before that, do a quick little 10 minute QA uh, with our, our friend Jonathan West there and kind of give a, a prediction on the game. There we go at the beer hall. I got it. Um, so that was great too. And, and just seeing everybody there. I mean, the entirety of Seattle was just hyped up for this game, getting ready, whether you're here in the building or not. Uh, we all came together to kind of celebrate this moment. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. Like, even being on the Discord, which, again, link in the description below if anybody wants to join that who hasn't already. Um, everybody talking about, you know, those that, that were up there in Seattle but couldn't go to the game talking about wherever they were living, all the different you know bars that they were going to, the Anchor Alliance, all that good stuff, and just how great all of them have been. Like everybody comparing notes from the last couple games and all that kind of stuff about you know which bars are better, how, how loud are they? Like, I'm going to be loud. I, I need to be in a place that's loud too. You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's really, really cool. I just, I love the community aspect of it all. I just love being able to see all that. It's, it's so, so special. It really, really is. Um, RJ looking sharp like cheddar. I, I like that. The dog? <laughs> uh, oh, there we go. Yeah, Jared McCann's chair. I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Captain Holt's dog and everything. Uh, Joey, be, in patient. be patient. We're one year ahead of schedule. I'm so proud of this team for sure. Um, let's see. Habak, never hated the abs until now. I actually like them, but these playoff losses are making me so salty. That's what playoffs will do for sure. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Can't wait be- till we get to overtime. I hope we get some overtime in this series, yeah. just, just so we've all experienced that. But I, it just ramps everything up to the next level. Yeah, this is a good one um, from Striatic. Thoughts on Gru? Don't think we've talked much about the goalies. Haven't talked about the goalies at all in this one. I kind of felt like, you know, just is just my gut feel. I'm not trying to be biased or anything. Felt like Gru was the better goaltender tonight. I felt like if I saw anything, you know, poor from a goaltender, it was from Yorgiev. But, you know, the bottom line is also Gru. There was a bunch of goals, but I just, I don't think they were on him. It was a lot of structural issues for the, the Kraken, especially defensively. Right. I think ultimately he did his job and that was give his team a chance to, to win and come back in this game. I, it easily, easily could have been 4-1, 5-1 mid-second period before that Alexiak goal. The Kraken's defensive structures, I'm sure you've talked about a lot already, just broke down for a long stretch in the second period. And Grubauer was there to answer the bell and keep his team in it, even when it looked kind of hopeless, like the Avs had woken up and the Kraken had no answer for it. So I think that's really all you can ask your goalie to do at that point. Um, you know, maybe some of the later goals, you know, when it gets out of hand. But again, at that point, like it's the once you get into the third period, the Kraken have to step up and be the better team. And ultimately, Colorado Stars just took over. I don't blame Grubauer at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's one of those where I'm looking at it and, you know, according to Money Puck, minus 1.28 goals saved above expected. That's not like the worst performance in the world. Uh, anything. I'm actually looking at um, kind of the rebounds. He did a good job controlling rebounds. And that's been the, the thing that I've been happiest with with him. This whole series has been his rebound control, uh, his actual rebounds uh, lower than the you know expected rebound shots against and stuff. And I think that's a big deal. And I think that's what um, on the flip side, uh, Colorado uh, might be might be struggling with is, is allowing a little too many rebounds there. So uh, like yeah. to see that. Uh, Coop, if Shane Wright can really develop into a major factor, just imagine two years down the road with a Maddie, uh, McCann, Berkey line, followed by a Wright, Tolvin, and Bjorky line, then a geeky Schwartz, Gord center line. Oh, I like the sound of that. I, it's fantastic, Coop. It's fantastic. Plus, throw in some of these young guys, Fergus, Goyette, Melanson, Neiman, uh, Robertson, too. It's uh, they have they have so much good stuff coming. Again, it's hard to be patient, but Ron Francis said three to five year timeline plan, all that stuff. So you know, at least got to be patient through the rest of this. He knows what he's doing, guys. He knows what he's doing. But still, I like being in the postseason. I like watching playoff hockey. It's a hell of a ride. Yep. Just again, enjoy it. Just got to enjoy it. This team is what it is. Let, let's have fun with it. Yeah. The box saying Kraken got Captain Max. Will we see him in game four? I I don't think so. Just because I would imagine Geeky would probably be back by game four. Generally, that's how these work. Players don't miss multiple games for that. Um, but interesting that he was called up given that like, I, I don't know. How likely would really been to get in the lineup tonight? You know, Froden is there, so maybe if if some last minute injury happens, that's what you're looking at, like in warm ups or something. You lose yeah. a forward, so I, I think he'll be sent down pretty quick. And again, he's needed in Coachella Valley. Yeah, I was gonna say it's one of those things where you, you know, you have to you have to take care of the big club first and foremost. That's that's the bottom line. Uh, and yeah, you need bodies around. <laughs> you, you just do, just in case it's playoff hockey. You never know what's gonna happen. Uh, but yes, I think probably we'll see Geeky come back. But then afterwards, I mean, who knows? I would think they would keep Froden up just because he's been around the guys a little bit more. There's gonna be a little bit more chemistry there. He's a little more familiar with everything. Um, that would be my guess there, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll certainly see. Um, 
let's see, Lindsay, cracking her winless with me in LA. Good news is that I'm back in Seattle tomorrow and we'll be ready for a win on Monday. Let's regroup and get back to our basics. Let's go cracking. Absolutely. Hope you're having a good trip though, uh, Lindsay. Shay, is it likely that Geeky stays home with wife and new baby for game five? And that's why Max is here. I'm with you. I mean, you just said it. I don't, that's generally not what we see, especially come playoff time. Like, you know, it's one thing right. when in labor and in the regular like season, maybe and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but for playoffs, I mean, we've seen people, you know, that would have played tonight. You know what I mean? You and I know players that would have been playing tonight anyway. Uh, yeah. So I, I think we'll probably see him in game five. Um, all right. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this uh, rendition of Emerald City Hockey's playoff post game live presented by Queen Anne Beer Hall. Uh, I know it wasn't the end result that we wanted. We are trailing in the series for the first time. RJ, we're trailing in the playoffs for the first time ever. It's ah, oh, oh. but the all the firsts. Hey, just getting another first out of the way. I know with all the good firsts also come all the bad firsts. There has to be first for everything. Uh, the bottom line though, is that the Kraken are hanging in there in all these games, that same squad that we cheered for all season long, that never gave up, gave up, that stayed in games. And at times was able to come back in games is still here. It is playing here against the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, I, I still think at any given time, you know, the Kraken can go in there and win a game. I just think, you know, it'd be maybe more likely to happen if they scored on the power play. Yep. <laughs> Let's, we're, we're, hey, they did score on the power play tonight, don't? They did. We're now <laughs> one for 11 in the series, Archie. So happy about that. Hopefully it's a sign of good things to come. I think that it can be. I, you know, you know as well as I do how streaky everybody is, how momentum swings and all that stuff happens. I think if, if they do get going on the power play in the next game, we'll all look back at the end of this one and say, see how important that is, that they didn't give up, that they tried on that power play, even though the game was seemingly over, all that good stuff. And that's, you know, again, that's what this Kraken team is all about. So Love how they're hanging in there in this series. They are making it tough. They are not going to go down quietly, and that's all we really wanted anyway. Uh, so so love to see it. Cannot wait for the next game on Monday. Looking forward to it. But for now, got to say, see you all next time.